1: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. This is your host, James P. Friel. I am thrilled that you guys are here with us today. We have an incredible show lined up for you. We're excited on a whole bunch of different levels. We're actually broadcasting live on YouTube today, and thankfully, he just made it into the studio. I'd like to announce and welcome the bearded wonder from the United Kingdom, the one, the only, Mr. Dean Holland. Welcome to the show. <laughs> what a trumpet <laughs> we got an upgraded trumpet for dean uh he's got his noble white steed off to the side we felt it would be a little bit too intrusive to have him st- sitting on the horse although that's what you usually do isn't it that is what i normally do seven days a week
0: actually And not just for this show actually right. it's, uh, just a general thing i do in the streets
1: yeah well i mean you know the uk is that way you just ride around on a horse most of the time that
0: is what we do
1: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so we're, uh, we're super excited for today's show. We have uh, a couple of our favorite people in the entire world. Um, which is good because Dean is one of my least favorite people in the entire world. And so I kind of need to counterbalance that. Right. Um, so the, so, uh, we're, we're, I guess we'll just bring him on the show. Let's, uh, let's bring wow. him right in, have him here. Uh, Brandon and Kalen Poulin are the founders of lady boss, this is this is how awesome they are, you guys. Not just as human beings, but as business people. Uh, last year, twenty nineteen, number four on the Inc. Five Thousand and number one fastest growing company, business to consumer company in the entire United States. Okay, <laughs> these guys are gangsters. Three hundred fifty thousand customers, and they've only been at it for a few years. We're gonna get into their story. Brandon Kalen, welcome to the mayhem. We're glad to have you guys here today. Welcome. Yeah. I forgot my, my pony, my unicorn. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) Thanks
2: for having us guys. Oh my God. We do this all the time in real life. So I'm like excited to do this in this setting now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know now. Um, and, and please don't be intimidated uh, by the fact that Dean did ride in on a horse. It doesn't take anything away from you guys or your accomplishments or anything like that. It's just his way. We'll
3: try our best.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In fact, in fact, if I'm not mistaken, I think riding in on horses Dean's only accomplishment. Um, <laughs> so that's why we kind of have to have to do that. We Don't let it go. It. This yeah. is his
3: only credential. Someone's got to do it.
1: <laughs> yeah, somebody's got to do it. All right, so, um, so I want to get right into your guys' story because I've I've been with you guys as a friend along your journey, and it still blows my mind how you've gone from a thousand dollars in the bank to. One of the fastest-growing companies in the entire country. It's like I don't even know if we have enough time in the show to talk about how you've done that, but I want to at least scratch the surface because there's so many people who are listening today. Uh, I don't, I don't know what this was, but Scratching the
2: surface.
1: okay, <laughs> was oh, like, yeah. like somebody <laughs> oh, oh. got to wiggle the finger a little bit. Just we, all right, we, okay, there we go.
3: Come on, scratch <laughs> and sniff. Yeah. Okay, so the satire show, James. Come on.
1: <laughs> Look at this. Of all the people I expect to be talking b s. on this show, it was me or Dean or Kalen. It wasn't Brandon, but he came out strong with the scratch and sniff. So <laughs> so here's what I want to know. How have you guys done this? Like how have you made this happen? it's It's a truly remarkable feat. And I think people would probably like to hear the story that you you did have a thousand dollars in the bank account before all of this success. What was going on in your lives at that time? And how did this really start for you guys?
3: Yeah. So, so I mean, we, uh, we really started our, our professional careers, if you will. I'm 27, Kalen's. Don't. 21. Um, <laughs> um but, but we, we started our career in, in network marketing really. That's where our business career, if you will, started. And we were in a health and weight loss company, and it's actually um, how we met it, yeah so it's actually how we met and, and ended up getting married but um but we started in the weight loss health fitness industry um at, in network marketing right where you can sign up and they just they hand you basically the opportunity to sell and uh, and so we started there and we did that for four or five years um, met through that company um and then ultimately decided to do our own thing um but I mean it's a pretty crazy story I mean we were like Okay, we're gonna branch out on our own, and this has to work. We're two months behind on rent. We're 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 late on lease, uh, rent payments, and car lease payments, and everything. And we basically just locked ourselves up from the outside world for two months and just worked like around the clock to launch what is what is now Lady Boss. So, all right,
1: before hold on, before we go any further, I feel like so many people have had their backs up against the wall like that, and in fact, probably right now with everything that's happened this year a lot of people are you know oh my god what am i going to do the world's changed like all this wh- where what is the mindset that causes you guys to be like all right we got to dig in and make something happen versus the mindset of somebody who's just like the hell with it i feel like a failure and and everything's just not going to work like cuz there was a important decision that you guys made at that point in time like what was the catalyst for that
3: I mean, I think you kind of nailed it when you said the mindset of like, we're just going to dig in and figure this out, right? It's like, you're only thinking one of two thoughts, either I'm going to dig in and figure this out and I'm going to do the work, right? You have to be willing to do that because that's like, without that part, it's just whatever. It's,
1: it's fairy dust
3: or, or, uh unicorn Dean writing with the d- dust
1: behind Dean's
3: unicorn.
0: <laughs> no, that's
1: very real. That's real. Yeah. So that's probably not a great yeah. analogy. Yeah, I'm going to do
0: that about an hour from now. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's going to leave his
1: office like that. So that's the serious thing.
3: Yeah. So, so it's, it, you gotta be willing to put in the work, but I think it's, you're only thinking two things. Like either I'm going to figure this out, I'm going to do it and it's going to work or I'm going to die trying basically, or Oh, what could happen? Fear, what if this? What if that? All the negative outcomes, right? Like there's all you're only think you can't think two things at the same time. Like you're either one or the other. So just pick one.
2: Mindset, either victim or victor, and that's it. There's no in between.
1: Nice. Did Uh, you guys had you guys been, you know, strengthening your mindset over time before this situation? Do you think your time in, you know, network marketing and probably being rejected like all the time (laughs) helped with that? Because like, not not everybody wants to hear your network marketing pitch or opportunity. Yeah. We don't have one for you now. <laughs> Damn it! We, you know like, that. You know that. Just as an aside, we Dean to- and I did have a guy. We <laughs> we had a guy on the show. We never aired this episode, but he actually pitched us his network marketing opportunity oh on my- the show. Yeah. Oh, good for him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of the yeah, people. So, so obviously, we're in his downline right now. Yeah. No, um, answer,
2: I think to answer your question, I think we got super lucky finding network marketing when we did, because we were both so young, right? I was like 20, Brandon was Rob was yeah, 20, and Brandon was like 17. He like I
3: illegally signed he up. He illegally signed
2: up for network marketing. He <laughs> yeah. was 17. And I think it was the best thing that ever happened to us because we learned what personal development was. We learned like that you could change your mindset yourself, you could rebuild it, like you get to sow the seeds into your mind. And um, I think that's like the biggest thing that we took away was all of that personal growth, all that personal development, all that belief that like we could go make it happen. We could make anything out of nothing if we wanted to, and that it's a choice, right? It's a choice. Um. So yeah, I would I would definitely say say that was like the number one takeaway from that.
1: Yes. Okay. So so how did you how did you guys choose what you're doing now? Like you, you kind of locked yourselves away for two months. You're like, we got to do something where if we don't figure this out bad things are going to happen financially in our lives and you know all the consequences of that how did you guys decide what to do because there's a world of opportunity why why this
3: yeah i think i think well so lady boss helps women lose weight love themselves again right it's like it's a platform to help women transform their health and then you know hopefully that bleeds down to their family tree and so that's ultimately what it is and i think the inception really came from number 1 we were in the health and weight loss industry for years before that, we spent every every night at a at a um, a party like a like a sales party, right? Invite people to the house, pitch them the opportunity, pitch them the program. Like we spent every night sitting down face to face with the women that are now our customers, right? And lady boss. So we knew, we knew them, we knew their story, we knew their struggles, we knew their problems, we knew their pain points, we knew their dreams. We we knew them so well, so it was a natural like pivot from someone else's vehicle to creating our own. Um, and then also Kaylin's story, I mean, she lost 65 pounds, set a world record in the in the International Federation of Bodybuilding, her, her, her fitness background, our business backgrounds together. I mean, it, it really just like doing anything else would have been like kind of starting over as far mm-hmm. as like the momentum we already had in this niche, in this industry. So it was just like a real natural kind of evolution. And, and it's not, Exactly the same as what we did before, but it, it served the same customer with similar products.
1: Right, and I guess, I guess, uh, as an aside, Dean, when you when you decided to teach other people burlesque, yeah. you did that for the same reasons because of your background and your stage dancing and all the stuff that you had done previously. I
0: mean, it's a Natural progression. I mean, I'm not, right. no stranger to nipple clamps and dancing. So
3: <laughs> it's funny, I didn't see any of those, any of that, in the uh, the animated intro video.
2: You might have to yeah, add that.
1: Our, yeah. our, our, produce, uh, our producers told us yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had to uh we had to edit that out. It was it was uh it was in the original, but we were told it was a little too risque. Um, <laughs> appropriate
0: is what yeah. it was.
1: So all right, but I think I think that actually is a really good point that I want to zero in on for people who are watching and listening. Um it's better to build on what you have experience in doing and you already understand because you guys could have gone in a completely different direction but may not have brought like that you know previous 4 years of experience and understanding weight loss and and how to how to approach people like that and so so there was some base and a foundation that you were able to kind of bring at least from a knowledge perspective maybe not with the business side of things but who you were serving and and I think that's really important cuz I see sometimes people just like something doesn't work and then they just go a completely different direction that has nothing to do with the original thing that they have experience in. And then they have to like learn and start all over again.
3: Right. Yeah. So our like lady boss overnight, overnight success, right. was like five years of training ground in the industry, right. Before we could right. ever even hope to branch out on our own. And I was speaking at an event in California, um, last year, pre COVID, um, <laughs> and now you're here speaking at an event, you're going to be like, if it was an actual event, it was pre-COVID. But- I uh, don't
1: believe you. <laughs>
3: yeah. And, uh, and someone asked like, so what should I do? Like, I don't have a business, what should I do? And it's like, what have you already been doing? Like, And if you haven't been doing anything, just start something that's close to you, go find someone. Like just start moving in the direction, right? But I think in yeah. you know, everyone's entrepreneur, entrepreneurial journey, like I think every journey is a snowflake, period. Every company is as well. And the stories are always gonna be different. But, um, you know, there's, I think that you probably get to a point when you're successful with a business where you could kind of take those principles and go probably into any, in, any industry. But I think in the beginning, it's like, what makes the most sense for me now? Understanding you're going to have to put in the time, you're going to have to go through the fire. Like, there's just no way to not. Like, you're not going to just like wake up one morning, start a brand new thing that you know nothing about, and just be successful overnight. Like, it just doesn't work. It doesn't happen. Like, like the Facebook ads might tell you that, but that's not how it works.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I and I, pre- I appreciate you saying that because I feel like because of Facebook and Instagram and all the other social media platforms, people get this impression that overnight success is a thing. And meanwhile, you guys have had accelerated success, but it's still been consistency year after year, day after day. Of doing things that have been moving in a direction. And I think that's such an important thing for people to realize is that success takes work and focus and discipline and consistency. And of honestly, of all the people that I know, you guys embody that like probably more than anybody else that I've met.
3: Yeah. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I think right now in 2020, despite whatever may have happened this year, I, I, I've been saying this for for five years since we started it. is like we live in a time of unprecedented opportunity. Like like I run the entire business of Lady Boss along with Kaylin from Zoom on a laptop. Like you have access to every piece of information at your fingertips. Like anyone that knows anything about anything is like making content like this. Like the access to to information, the technology, the efficiency, the speed, things that used to take, five employees are now one piece of software you can pay 50 bucks a month for. I mean, it's just like it's unprecedented opportunity, but it still takes time, energy, work strategy, all the ingredients, you know, together with tenacity and not quitting. Um, but I certainly think it's easier to be successful now than it probably was 20 years ago and just jumping in. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Dean, I'm, uh, I'm well, frankly, I'm doing the heavy lifting and you're not doing any talking. I was going to say I'm hogging (laughs) the mic, but that's not really true. (laughs) <laughs> um, what, what, uh, what do you, what do you got to ask Brandon and Kaelin before I launch into another barrage of questions?
0: <laughs> oh, good point. Well, I, um, I, I, I think I, when, when was that, was it, was I there when you did the rebrand into lady boss? Was that how long, how many years ago was that? Uh, we're six years old. I think that was like in year two. Year two. So what's that? Three, three, four, four years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what one of the things that i was always fascinated with was how quickly that seemed to happen like from that from that point like so like and this is one of the challenges I've, i'm asking this from a more personal perspective now of, like the different challenges that i've always faced and i always seem to like things seem to fly or run I just went out uh, <laughs> um and then like hit a ceiling and like one of one of the perceptions i always had when seeing you guys was like how it just seemed to keep going and like i would love to just know where you put like, where was the primary focus when, you know, you see this explosive growth and everything? But obviously, it took a lot of steps to get there. I'd love to hear a bit about, like, where did the focus go initially that gave you that, that launch pad?
3: Uh, yeah, I think, um, I think that the coolest thing that makes being an entrepreneur the most exciting and hardest thing ever is that to grow every single day, week, month becomes different and morphs and shapes into something new so like what i do now what kaylin does now is completely different than what we did a month ago six months ago a year ago and if you find yourself doing the same things then you're probably not growing because in order for you to create that growth and momentum you have to continue to leverage um, systems leverage people leverage your time. Because th- th- that's really like what a business is. It's like you have the end result, deliver the product, deliver the service to the consumer. But along the way in doing that, you start with you, you build on it, the team grows, the systems grow, the processes grow. And so for me, it's a constant, like, so I don't have a perfect answer, like how it can more for you, but I think the principle is like, it's a constant process of evaluating where, what is the need of the business to grow? And then where are you going to spend your time to fill that need? And then- and then how are you gonna spend your time to create leverage ultimately? So like, so, so you should only do the things that you can do, everybody else, your team, systems, processes should do everything, um, everything that you can. So it's always like, how do I delegate to a system? How do I delegate to a person? How do I delegate this to a contractor, to an agency or whatever? Um, and, and so as you accumulate revenue, that revenue becomes ammunition to then invest back and then delegate to get more of your time back to then focus and then the cycle repeats itself. I like I wish I could draw it in a perfect circle, but like that's yeah. ultimately like an oversimplified version of like how do you grow something, right? Yeah as a as an entrepreneur. I
2: think the other thing too, like off of what you said, Dean, about when we first transitioned from we were originally called tool time trainer we catered to men and women um, we had <clears throat> i was doing uh, coaching calls things like that and i think one of the biggest things in shifting and in our business that has helped us continue to grow is that we don't get romantic about the things that we do like including the name once we realized that the name like needed to change like people didn't resonate with it uh yada james's spouse also said well what does your tribe call themselves right and it was like well nothing right. They don't have an identity. And once we started shifting that, I think that was the first real step of us realizing like we can never get romantic about what we're doing. And so we're constantly, well, and you
1: guys you guys changed the name yeah. on a flight. Like yeah. you weren't even, you weren't attached to it on any level. You, you left the ground with tool time trainer. And by the time the wheels hit ground where you were going, it had a completely different name. You and were just like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the logo. I mean, it. Right right there. Yeah. Cuz yeah. I, th- I think yeah. I think that's <laughs> cuz I think that's a really important thing for people to to listen to as well is once you know a better thing it's like no better do better. And the and the gap for you guys between no better do better is like infinitesimally small. You're just like, "Oh, this is a better weight Let's do that." Yeah. And, yeah, you don't and I, you don't and so,
3: need, Yeah, you don't need time. You don't need time to make, make a decision. decision. You need information. And like once you have the information, then any time you're putting there is just wasted now, right? It's just procrastination, right? Mm-hmm. So like, like you don't need time. You don't need to sit in your like rocking chair at home and like, oh, yeah. think about this. <laughs> like, like, that's not going to do anything for you. You need information and then you, you seek counsel, right? So get information, run it by people you trust in that area, and then make a decision and so I, I would even say like an exercise that I do regularly is go, I need to make three decisions right now that I've been putting off. And that just like, weight just like comes off and progress just happens when you do that. Instead of this like limbo mode where you're like, let me just like continue to rock in my chair back and forth until all of a sudden I'm wise enough to make a, a decision, right? So I think if you want to close the gap, that's how I would do it.
2: Yeah. And also I think with entrepreneurs, like we want to like try to do everything. We want to like, here's the new marketing thing and here's the new this and here's the new that. I'm like, oh, let's go chase this thing and let's go do this thing. And like, we need to add this to our business. And I think for us, a question that we started asking, we ask our team every time we do our sprint that we really started focusing on is what do we need to stop doing? And I think it really helps us stay on track of like the mission, the vision, like not getting distracted by things that could be like, maybe a a small plant, or we're trying to like grow trees here, right? And um, I think that's like one of the biggest things is what should you stop doing right now that you've been doing that's taking time, energy, but that's not showing a change in the business. Um, And when we started saying that and stopped getting like being romantic about like, oh, well, this has always been a part of the business. We can't stop doing this because we've always done it. Well, that's not necessarily true. And if you want to continue to grow, it's pruning your business, stopping things that you shouldn't be doing, focusing time and energy on the things that are actually, um, you know, creating growth in in your company.
3: I'll say just to add to that, there's a balance between like innovation ideas and then simplification and focus, and it's like a pendulum. So like you have to continue to innovate and think big picture and have ideas. Otherwise you'll just be doing something that's really five years old and then people won't want it anymore. Um, but you also have to have the discipline to focus on what's important and simplify the way there. Um, our our like mantra the last twelve months and we've had some pretty explosive lo- explosive growth this year has been focus, simplify, and scale. And so it's been more. We're at a stage where we've had to ask. There's this shiny object highway just <laughs> flying by you all the time <laughs> as a, as an entrepreneur, and it's like, what do I need to say no to, and what do I need to get rid of, because if I just focused on the one thing that was actually netting me the greatest result and double mm-hmm. down and triple down and quadruple down on it, mm-hmm. right, then, then what would happen? And I think that's, that's key Dean to pull this loop all the way back to the question you asked about, like, how does you get in that continual growth? I think. A lot of those things combined i think it's
2: also the numbers too though because we were about to kill this entire company like we were about to kill this entire thing in the beginning because we didn't actually know our numbers we didn't actually do the math and then brandon sat down we sat down and he does all the math And he's like wait like this is actually like we're forexing um our ad spend and we didn't even we had no idea it just felt like it wasn't working and even like um to this day like certain new programs that we launch or whatever until we dig down in the numbers we're like Wait, this looks like it's like failing, you know, or flopping. And you actually like look at the numbers, like dig into the data and understand like, is it working? Is it not? Should you kill it? Should you not? And what's funny is you usually find like um your most uh, profitable things and in, in the weirdest places of things that you don't think are actually working.
1: That's a really that's a really good point because I feel like that's the piece of business that most entrepreneurs want to run and hide from. They're like, oh, like I just want to come up with ideas all the time. And I just want to whiteboard and brainstorm and like the shiny penny highway is so sexy and attractive. Right. And I just want to live over there. But you said something once Brandon, I remember you're just like, dude, the path is math. And I, and I couldn't agree with that more. It's like, how do you know your numbers well enough to not just guess what's working, but know what's working and then say yes to that more and no to the stuff that doesn't seem like it. It's actually getting you the results. It's funny. Cause
3: it, what's great about, you know, depending on where you are in the cycle, right? I think if you're under 10 million annually, if you're under five million annually, probably even one, the smaller, the smaller your business, the easier it is to get the information because it's typically not as complex. And yeah. so like it's so like you've got to get in the habit of reviewing the, the 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 KPIs, the key performance indicators um that you have now. First it's like, what are they? Right? Like What am I actually, like, like if I just like said, Hey, what number should I track that will move the needle for me and grow the business? Like, do you even know what those numbers are? Like, do you have a list of five key things? And I would make this list as short as possible to keep it simple that I should be focusing on and then are you tracking those? Right. I mean, at this point in our business, we're implementing these massive enterprise resource planning systems just to get information because it's so complex, but in the, in the early stages. Um, they're available. And I think that's, that's one thing is like, if you just identify what are the three, four, five KPIs of your company? um, Is it more, is it how many salespeople we hire? Is that the driver? Is it um, you know, how much money we spend on advertising this platform? Is that the driver? Is it how many posts do I make? How many podcasts do I do? Like how many interviews I set up? Like Whatever your thing is, like find out what that activity driver is. And if you just focus on that, I mean, it's inevitable that you'll grow if it's the right
1: number, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Well, what, so, so sort of shifting gears a little bit, cause it's, this is what I love about talking with you guys. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Um, <laughs> is you guys are such a complementary pair of individuals in Yes, exactly. That's what I was hoping for. Um in in how you do things and how you approach things and and Brandon, you're you're super systematic, incredibly logical, you know, very like, you know, focus on implementation everything and understanding the, you know, the how to create the culture and all these things and I think for all of the things that you guys have said, one of the things that I know without question has helped you guys grow is truly how much you care about the women that you're serving and how that's helped you create this incredibly magnetic culture where where I've seen when you guys do you guys have swag drops and you know protein drops and supplement drops and all these things like you guys who are listening and watching the 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 women that these that Brandon Kain serve are literally shouting at them please take my credit card. Like to have a a customer base that's as excited about what you guys are doing as you guys are excited about serving them has been so critical. Can you guys talk a little bit about how you've done that? And, and, and obviously kaylin has got her story about how she lost weight and she's inspired all these other women and stuff like that. But how do you create this culture, both inside the company, which we've touched on a little bit and outside with your customer base that is so fanatical that they just want more of what you have to offer.
3: Yeah, I'll give you like a principle and then a few tactics that like anyone can take away. So I think the principle is, and this is something that actually um, over the last few weeks I've been preaching if you will to to my leadership team is what are the customer implications? Mm -hmm. Like every single thing that you do, you should have like a big lens in front of your face. Like what are the customer implications of this? What is the customer's journey when they click through this page? What, how many emails in a row do they get? Like, what does it feel like when they get off the phone with your salespeople? Like, what are the, what are the customer implications of the things that you're doing? Like, what is it like when they open your box? What is it like when they, when they scroll your app? Like whatever your thing is, if you use that lens, like you just, you can't lose because because that's, that's who's paying your bills. And that's what people don't like. We get in their business and we get so into it. We forget like every salary and your salary and every bill and every subscription and every, it's all paid by them. And so you should be thinking about them and everything that you do, not thinking about yourself or how great you think you are and how good your stuff is. Right.
1: Do you feel like you guys always had that perspective, even from the very beginning about, you know, like who are we? Who are we serving? And how does how does this whole experience get created for them? Is that something that was foundational? Or are you kind of picked up on and built along the way?
3: I think it was. I think it's a little both. Like I think I think that we have to course correct sometimes and come back. We're not perfect, you know. We 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 get um, focused in interior. I kind of call it in, in the company itself, or the people in the company, or the processes in the company, so much so that we forget about the customer implications. Um, because we're trying to organize things inside of our bubble and we forget the whole reason the bubble exists is, is the customer. And so I think it's a balance. I think, you know, we've certainly grown a lot in that and there's times where we've had the course correct back on that. Um, you know, so it's, you know, it's an interesting journey always, and it's always shifting. Um, but I think tactically, you know, do you have a mission for your company? Do you know exactly who you're trying to serve or are you just kind of flailing around whenever you hear an idea? You know, are you, do you, do you talk about that mission to your team? If you have employees, right. Or your contractors, um, is there like, you have to set, um, you have to set your, your coordinates in a direction. Otherwise, you you know, you, you end up just swaying and varying in degrees. And one, you know, if you fly from California to New York and you change one degree of the flight path, you're going to be in a completely different place. So it's like, do you have those those that that path in front of you and and you know it's it's okay to be flexible but like like lady boss isn't going to like start launching a bunch of like cabinetry products tomorrow Mm -hmm. because all of our women have desks at their house it's like it's like you have to, to to have an idea of what course you're on and stick to that and then and then you know permeating that culture and that mission through the company so you have an identity you know who you are who you're trying to serve you'd be surprised how many people don't have that defined like I, I see that a lot. It's like we just kind of blow around in the wind when we hear something good, or we get a good idea from the shiny, uh, the, the, the the shiny object highway flying by us, and, and we forget that. So I think I think that focus has been extremely helpful for us in our journey.
1: Awesome. Um, and Dean, I know like for what you guys are doing with the ecom business and brand that that you and Robin have been launching. I know that's been a big focus for you guys. How do you you know, how do you really serve that, that woman in that market that you guys are serving? So you're kind of going down that exact same path right now.
0: Yeah, it's funny it's funny when you said that, Brandon, like many people don't even take the time to do that. Well, that, we did that, but we didn't know we were getting that wrong. Like, it was like, we were completely unaware of it at the time. But when you say it now, it's like obvious, like, of course you got to figure that out. And that, that was, you and I have spoke, James, but that was like switching us, turning a switch for us. Like as soon as we said, hang on, who are we serving? and like what what's the path here it literally just changed overnight it was that fast
1: so it's so, so big so how do you how do you go from okay you know this is who i'm serving to you know 350,000 women who are like i've i've been in public places with you and 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 it's almost like the paparazzi you know is like attacking you Kalen. like how how do you create that raving fan like is it just everything is always about the customer or is there some other, you know, ingredients in building that, that raving fan culture. Sound like you're looking for secrets, James. I Well, I'll tell you what I'm looking for, Dean. And I'm going to be very blunt about this. I'm looking for the tips. This show is called just the tips. And I feel like we need to furnish the tips to our (laughs)
2: listeners. Yeah. So I'd say the first part of this is, um, realizing that the person that you're serving, obviously, like you just said, but also at the same time, like realizing, okay, for me to serve these people, I have to be as real as possible. I see too many people that try to be everything to everyone. They try to get everyone to like them. That'll never be true. There's people in your own family that don't like you and they're your family. Right. So you have to give away, like you have to give up this idea of like everyone's going to love me and I have all these raving fans, like all this stuff and just be you and stand on the things that uh, you believe and that your company believes. So for me, it's like, um, you know, I, uh, God and guns, right. That That's my first two things. And then it's like the things that people believe about weight loss. And I stand on those beliefs that I have. And when you do that and you're so confident in, in your beliefs, people come to you and they feel like they can be themselves. Um, I think the other thing is setting a precedent in your community, which I think we've done really, really well is you know, we don't allow any BS. We don't allow any drama. When you have a, a group of a hundred and you know twenty thousand active women in a Facebook group, things can go south pretty pretty quick. You know, <laughs> it can yeah. go south pretty quick. So I think it's just setting a precedent of what your community stands for, who they are, what their identity is. We don't talk about each other. We empower each other. We challenge each other. We don't post negativity. We don't post drama because so that doesn't get anyone anywhere. And really setting those guidelines in your community in, in um in a clear way that doesn't make them feel like they're being suppressed. It makes them feel like they're being liberated of the everyone else in their life. They will come off of our Facebook group and you have to go back to real life where everyone's complaining about everything. Right. Mm. So it's really setting that precedent. And then I think, um, really the third thing is, uh, uh, believing in them more than they believe in themselves. I call it borrowed confidence, right? So with your customers, with your group, with your people, like you have to give them that borrowed confidence until they believe in themselves, right? I think the reason why women attach so much to this brand is because we give them that belief in the beginning. They step into a new identity. They become a lady boss. We believe in them more than they believe in themselves. Our phone team, like they're talking to them on the phone, like Tina, this is your best day ever. You can do this. Like, and we just empower these women. I feel like most companies try to like push their customers aside and try to not talk to them, not communicate with them. Like, oh, if we just keep them over there, then they'll forget that they're buying from us, right? And we really right. try to take the hand of our customer and walk them through. And I think that's what creates that that um, that community. I also think it's not being too high and like thinking you're cool. Um, that's like the worst thing. I remember meeting some of the people that I were influencers to me back in the day and I met them in real life. And I was like, this is not the same person that I see on social media. And I just strive to be that same person, that same funny, quirky person, like no matter what. Um, and I think more entrepreneurs need to step into who they are and just be yourself and the people that are like you will come to you. And that's what creates such a, you know, tight community like we have.
3: Yeah. And and to, to add to that, um, you know, a weight loss health change is a complete lifestyle change, right? So we've created a, an online Facebook community and we spend a lot of money and resources making that a great asset because it's such a value add. You know, if you sell chairs, like, you know, if you sell office chairs or, you know, mugs, right? Like there's probably not the same type of like Um, lifestyle nature to your product. So, you know, not everyone should go make some big community and try to evangelize everybody. And, you know, there's different types of businesses out there, but I think ultimately, um, you know, if you're in an influencer type of business or a consulting type of business and you are, your business is you, I think that there's some amazing truths um, to what she said that people should implement. And, And, you know, if you're in a different type of business where you're not as close to the customer, it's not like, it's like you're a product or you don't communicate a lot with them. There's not a big lifestyle change. Like, you know, if you sold a stick of gum, like you're not going to create a group about people that all chew gum. Like it's just not the same type of thing, but I think it all boils down to um, the little things that you do for the customer experience, right? Like our department in our company is not called customer service. It's called customer experience because the experience that they have in, in whatever way that you can, right? Like, Apple, their customer experience is obviously immense and far reaching and is in so many areas now, but you can tell the thought they put into the way you click around on your computer and the way the phone feels and the way you browse menus. So like, you know, if you're selling makeup, like how does it look when they see it and how, when they open the box and what does it feel like? And you know, what are you trying to go for? And like, thinking through that not just like oh i got to make a product and i got to market it and think about my ads and like i think people forget about that and i think the larger you get the more the customer experience matters because people people want to do business and buy things um, that make them feel good that give them an experience right like i think retail is like been dying for 10 years and it just got accelerated this year but ultimately there's still going to always be like these boutique shops where you go in and there's wood on the ceiling, and and women get this amazing feeling like shopping and trying things on because it's an experience, and I think the brands that 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 opt to to focus on that, I think there's always gonna be a place for them they're always gonna win,
1: yeah, man, That's, I feel like we just got a bunch of tips, Dean. We were like, yeah right, <laughs> freaking like a machine gun, yeah. Um, <laughs> lost. There's, no, there's no jokes anymore. It's like it's got no to- the joke. Eh, no, no, no! Don't go there. There's plenty <laughs> of jokes. Um, so, I'm what one other
0: a massive prank to go on. I'm like so on edge. I like you guys have spent two weeks together. I don't. I'm not expecting
1: everything. Like a tank.
2: It's actually, not even being recorded.
1: <laughs> no, it's not being recorded. Actually, uh, Gregory from Slater's. We have him on the line to offer you your women's trousers from your wedding.
0: <laughs> He's calling in.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's dialing it. Hello, Dane. Um, so, <laughs> so one one thing that uh, you know, I think trips up a lot of people, and I'm curious how you guys navigate this. First of all, you know, everybody's got to work with somebody because you can never create a company by yourself, right? And some people have partners, some people don't have partners. But even if you don't have partners, you have, you know, stakeholders and you have different relationships and everything to manage. One. From a partnership perspective, you guys have become incredible partners, but you're also married, right? Which which is a whole different dynamic. And you look at most married couples, and they can't even agree on what to have for dinner. And you guys are we still have a it. Out. Yeah, we yeah. Let, let us know
3: if someone's got that one figured out.
1: <laughs> All right, so so you're still you're still human, and dinner can still sometimes be a struggle. But how do you guys how do you guys make sure? In the in the partnership that you have on the business side of things, that you're getting the best out of each other, and how do you agree on direction and future and and all of those things? Because I imagine in order to grow as fast as you guys have, you found a way to remain aligned as opposed to have differing views of what things should look like.
3: Totally, I think that boils down to team dynamics in any fashion. You know, you're a solopreneur with a couple employees you're in a business partnership with two other business owners and yourself right um, you can apply it anywhere and I think you nailed it when you said the word align uh, because ultimately you have to align towards that vision that direction right and I think I think um, it's important a couple things identifying what the strengths are in the people that are in in the team right we'll, we'll just use the word team and whatever structure you have going on. So this can apply to anybody. In the team, what are the strengths? Does everyone know each other's strengths? Are they written out? Is there three things, right? Like Kaylin's strength is selling, her strength is in her creativity, her strength is in her content, her strength is in um, her ability to understand marketing and the customer, right? My strength is in operations, my strength is in leadership, my strength um, is in uh, team building and system building. And, you know, there's a lot of different things I do, but, but so it's like, we are very clear on our strengths and through the strengths, you derive the functions that you take, like your job description. Like I have a job description. So does she like, right. just because we're the owners doesn't mean we're like, we don't have job descriptions and obviously. When you start a business, we wore all the hats. Well,
2: and I think too, like in the beginning, we did wear all the hats. And the problem was we were both like excited about everything. and like, oh, Mm -hmm. let's both learn Facebook ads and let's both learn how to do this. Let's both learn that. And one day we sat down and we're like, we can't both do everything. We need to uh, divide and conquer, right? So we sat down, made a T-chart, what are Kaylin's strengths? What are her weaknesses? What's Brandon's strengths? What are his weaknesses? Obviously, Brandon has all the strengths. And... (laughs) and uh uh and we really divided it up so then we were clear like okay this is your side of the line and this is your side of the line and back in the day when it was just the two of us like we trusted each other to take care of that side of the line and we didn't try to like come across the line and me tell brandon like oh well you should have done it this way it's just like i trust that what you did was the right move because this is your strength and it's not mine and i think most people don't um they don't evaluate those roles very well, and like everyone's trying to do a piece of everything instead of like dividing it down the middle and divide and conquering.
3: Yeah, it, so so boils down to like if you do a functional analysis of like so so James, if you have partners in one of your ventures, what are the core functions that each person performs based on their strengths? Obviously, let's not assign people stuff that, that they suck at. That's not going <laughs> to win, right? So yeah. if, if that's clearly written out, like it's amazing to me like when when i talk to other entrepreneurs who have partners and they have other stakeholders and they have teams and like there is there's no clarity it's like hey here's your title and that's all you know about what you're supposed to do the rest we just like try to figure out as we go and fall, and stumble through when in reality like if you if they would just you know if you just stop doing an analysis write the functions of what you do make it clear and it's amazing the kind of like room that creates for people to do what they need to do um, and and be successful, and then eliminate all the drama and all the ego and all the barriers that that just slow things down, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's I think it's a really good really good point. Is to say, even you guys have documented job descriptions and what you're focused on, and I feel like in the entrepreneurial community there is a level of unruliness where people are like, oh no no. Like I'm not going to pin myself down. You know, the whole reason I got into business cause I want to be like freaking like you know, living in a frat house where everything goes. <laughs> but, but, in order to have success, you need to know what lane you're running in. And you need to make sure everybody's running in the right lane with with their strengths and and you guys have have done that so effectively. what like what what happens when like t- talk about your planning process a little bit and how you decide? you know, maybe even back in the early days, like, okay, here's a, you know, here's our first milestone and here's what we're trying to shoot for. And here's our second milestone. How are you deciding what the next thing is? Because that's what you're rallying behind around. And that's a really important conversation.
3: Yeah. Um, our, our planning process, actually, we just finished the agenda for it. We, we have, um, an executive team, a leadership team, and we're doing a whole week and it's very complicated, complicated and, uh, not complicated, really just, you know, there's a lot, Complex. lot, lot to it now. Um, but I mean, early on, it was just like, okay, l- let's have let's have conversations where we're talking about what's important, what's our priority, what moves the needle, right? Like, I think there's people that spend too much time talking about, again, going back to that pendulum, the ideas and the creativity, and not enough on like focus and implementation. And so, I think it's like spend just if you just spend five percent of your time and just realign. So basically for us, it's every single week and every day. And then every month there's a rolling kind of cadence, if you will, of realigning those priorities. And then literally it's a spreadsheet. That's like one, two, three, four, five. Like if you sat down on Monday morning and made a a list of the five things that you needed to accomplish that week based on the priority, and then you actually started at number one and worked your way to five, like, it would change your entire business versus like I have a to-do list and then I start nitpicking the things that are easy and I can get quick wins out of the way, but they're not really the most important thing, which is usually the hardest thing. And then therein lies the game, right? That's the game. So, so I think, I think just having that, you know, take, take an hour, evaluate your week, take a half a day, evaluate your month, right? Take a couple days, evaluate, evaluate your year. Like that goes so far. Because a lot of people are just living the same year over and over again.
1: So the right? concept of re- of reflection.
3: For sure. Well, yeah. reflection to plan, right? right. Like, yeah. reflect, learn something, 20% of it, 80% of it. What are we doing moving forward? Understanding yeah. that.
1: Yeah. 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 Awesome. What, uh, what do you think people need to know that we haven't asked you guys?
3: <laughs>
1: <little>
0: over, huh? <laughs> you got one? Mm-mm. No, I'm thinking you know what would be a cool thing if if there's no immediate idea there? You said something a bit ago, James, about like, oh, you are human. Like you've had this massive success. I'd love to hear, like, if you could pinpoint one, two, or three, like, oh, this was a like this was a big challenge for us. Like anything that stands out of the last five oh, years.
1: Besides besides I mean, coming on our show, they're right. like, This is this is the one negative mark on our record for the last five years was the <laughs> yeah. Just Tip <tipped> interview. <laughs>
3: it was going so well. Let me pull out my gigantic never-ending notepad of problems that we've overcame, and I, I think that's a good question because um, I, I think you hear people who have done well, and all you hear is everything just went well, right. and you don't really realize that it was a constant like getting punched in the face and getting back up process because that's what it actually is. I mean, we've had, I mean, we've had accounts get shut down, merchants get shut down. Product, money
2: stolen from us. Money
3: stolen, wire fraud, um, legal issues. I mean, you you name it. Like supply chain issues. You know, you got supply chain. Oh, we don't have this ingredient. This product set back. We got to delay this. We've got carrier. I mean, there's there's so many things. Two like, million emails sent. I think yeah. I, I think the I think the 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 whole premise of it is like if you're not getting punched in the face, then you're not doing anything. Right. Like you should be feel and I know this sounds like kind of morbid maybe, but the reality is is if you're gonna move forward, like it's only a matter of time before the next gut punch. And it's like yeah. well, it, it depends how you react on it, right? Like if you get up from it and you go, let's figure this out. So like and that's thing too with teams is is when you get that gut punch, leadership is being the guy that's like, Okay, cool, we know the facts of this. What are we gonna do now? Because we're gonna yeah. figure it out. That's the mindset. It's like there's like, I don't even wince. It's like, there's been so many gut punches. Like, I'm just like, I've got like, I don't know, something like, like I got a steel adamantium down here now, right? <laughs> like, that's what you want to develop, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it keeps socking me, but, but like, I don't falter. I don't wince. The team doesn't lose confidence because I don't lose confidence. And the question is always, what can we do now? Not like, woe was me. I can't believe this happened. Like there's not an ounce of that kind of language coming out and that sets the precedent for the mindset of the whole organization.
1: I think that's uh, I think that's so important. Um, one of the most succinct ways I've ever heard that was in the book Extreme Ownership written by some Navy Seals and they're like anytime anything happens, good, bad, like anywhere in between, you're you're out in the field and you know you break your leg, the response is good. You know this happens good. This happens good and it's just like good. What am I going to do with this good? What am I going to do with this? And I feel like that's like that's what you're talking about right here is good. Yeah. It's the
3: it's the the shift that things are not happening to me, they're happening for me. And even when they're bad, I still have that mindset that they're happening for me. Like how many times like like if you sit right now and you reflect on some of the hardest times that you've been through, I guarantee the back end when you came out of that made you the great person that you are, gave you the great skill that you have, gave you, gave you a character trait that that you would never want to give back, right? You learned something from it, and and like you know, it, it, it's it. It's like it sounds like a cliche, like quote book, but it's just like you're either going to let the failure define you and then quit, or you're just going to be like good, like you said, just be like good. This is happening for me. What are we going to do now? And if you just go, if, if you just train your brain, like, oh, get punched. Good. Yeah. This is happening for me. Oh, I keep smacking the, the desk <laughs> on the microphone. Good. <laughs> what, this is happening for me. What am I going to do now? And you just like, that train runs through your head. Like it's inevitable that you're eventually going to win. It's, just, it's yeah. just inevitable because you know why? Because most people won't, right? You're in a, You're in a macroeconomic game com- competing against everyone else's mindset, right? Like, I, I believe that all humans, we're on an equal playing field. We have different gifts and strengths, but I think everyone has the potential. I had a GED, right? I should not have or be where we are. Uh, she's, got, she's very college educated, so I'll speak for myself. But I should, not, <laughs> I should not be where I am. But it's like I just got punched enough and kept saying, good, this is happening for me. What am I going to do now? And kept moving forward while somebody else quit you know, 500 punches ago and that's why they're they're not on the podcast or, or they're not on the on the list or whatever right yeah well i know
1: i know for me you know just like as a great example of this when i met dean like i had a choice it was like i could just projectile vomit which was you know what i was really feeling or it was just like okay good i'll start a podcast with this guy and so that's just like a real world example of exactly what you're talking about
0: just like a constant gut punch that you can keep saying good to. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. This That's- is
1: really mental toughness training for me. It's the only reason I do this show is just be like, all right, I don't want to, but I'm going to do it. Good, I, good, I, good.
3: It gets on because he's like, I'm just going to get on here and train my my gut punches from James the whole show. <laughs> That's why I don't say anything. I'm in training right now in
0: perfect
1: well, I, I'm just waiting for him to come back. Like He's been in training for three years and he's not throwing any punches yet. So I'm just like, all right, eventually he's going to come out swinging, or at least I hope so. He's practicing his patience,
2: yeah <laughs> that's amazing,
1: so i th- you know, I think one of the things that um you know maybe we could just sort of touch on it at the the last few minutes of the show, and this is this is something I see, and it it just it kind of bothers me with a lot of a lot of people who reach really any level of success, and you guys, i think on on an objective level, have had an an incredible amount of success. But you see some people, and they're like, they just let success go to their head, like almost instantly. They're like, "Oh, like I'm, you know, I'm better than other people, or I'm this or that," and and they just lose all sense of humility, and their ego inflates to like the size of a small planet. And you're <laughs> and and they're just not awesome people to be around anymore. They start riding on horses. Yeah, they ride into their podcast on a horse or something, <laughs> right? It's just like, what on earth is going on? And but uh, but I guess what I want to just like maybe hear from you guys for like one second. Um, how do you maintain perspective in the middle of tremendous success? Because I think some people let failure knock them down and sometimes people let success knock them down in an odd way. Right. And how do you, how do you maintain that, that level of like, okay, you know what? I've got all this, I've created all this, but I'm still me. Right. Like Kalen, like you said, like I'm still being real. I'm still showing up as who I am. Like, what's, what's your, what's your take on that?
2: Well, I just, um, you're not as cool as you think you are,
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: honestly. And it's, it's so funny. Cause I feel like, um, you know, most people, they, you know, they do get this like fandom, they start getting this stardom, whether it's the amount of money or the amount of followers or whatever it is that makes them, um, feel elevated above others. Uh, it's it's really interesting because when you start doing that, it's like all those things can be taken away, and the reason that people loved you in the beginning will be the downfall in the end, right? And uh, so I've just you know tried to purpose to just stay in that avenue of like all I am is trying to pertain to the women who are just like me who are sitting on the couch saying, oh my gosh, I've lost hope, I don't know what to do, I don't know where to start, and I try to talk to that woman. I don't try to talk from uh, I say this all the time when you start talking from like level ten because like you've gained all this success and you try to talk down to level one, like it does not compute. You cannot communicate in that way. So I make it a purpose to always say like level one, level two, to like the same women, right? Level one, level two. And I speak on that level because honestly, like um, that's the only way that they can hear you. That's the way that you communicate. And people think like, Oh, because I'm bigger because I'm better. Like now more people will listen to me and it's actually the opposite. I think the other thing too is, um, I always strive to not read the comments, right? So we do a lot of video ads. That's really like what we're great at. That's what we're good at. And there's a lot of people that are like, oh my gosh, you're my hero, blah, blah, like all this stuff. I don't read any comments. I don't read any of the good comments. I don't read any of the bad comments. Um, you know, you can't get too high in your highs or low on your lows and just like you can read all the comments for Validation that what you're doing and that you're awesome and that you're so pretty or da, da, da. The same comments are telling you Oh, I hate your hair and your teeth aren't straight and uh, I hate the sound of your voice and your hair's crazy or whatever Right, and so I think it's really important uh, One of the things that I've done is just I purpose to not get too high on the highs not too low on the lows And The way that I combat that is not reading the comments, right mm. not reading those things um that would make me feel inflated or deflated. Um, because for most some people it is the deflation, right? So I would say hundred percent, like you're not as cool as you think you are. Maybe your mom thinks so, but uh keep yourself in check.
3: Yeah, right. Yeah, m- my answer would be pretty simple. I think it's it's more of a spiritual thing for me. So
1: Well so, for both of us. Yeah, no, totally. I knew that
2: was gonna be your answer, so I wanted a different one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she knew it. She knew She's it. Like, don't leave me don't leave me out of this. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, so I, so I
3: serve and believe in the God of the Bible and, and I have a higher calling and I have a higher authority. So if I think that I'm Jack crap, like I'm not like I, I didn't create myself. Right. And all the ideas that I have, like I, I, they were given to me, like, like text messages downloaded. Right. And so, so I I'm plugged into a different source and, um, I think anyone can, but that's a different conversation. But, um, but ultimately that keeps me humble. And I know that nothing good comes out of pride except yeah. ego. And then now you think that just because of what you've done, you're going to continue to do things well when, and, and so I think, I think there's there's safety and in, in, in counsel of others, right? There's, you know, you're listening to this podcast right now because you're trying to learn. And if you want to learn about something, learn from someone who's doing well at it and continue to do that. But, but the minute you think that it's all you, I think that's when you're going to start to decline because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like there's a lot of people on the serve. There's a lot of ideas. There's a lot of businesses. There's a lot, there's a lot of information. And if you think like you're unique in some way of like, and I'm not trying to say like people don't have great unique ideas, but just, um, just understanding that you didn't create yourself and having that humility to continue to be a student and to continue to learn and, and to continue to receive and accept new ideas. I think that's th- that's the key, right? Because if if every day is going to be be different as you grow your business, right, you're going to continue to have to grow yourself, right? Your business is only going to grow to the capacity that you can grow, so it's going to hit a lid, right? This is John Maxwell's got law of the lid. So at some point you're going to hit a lid, and what you know now and who you are now isn't going to get you there. So if you think that you're all that, like you're going to be stuck right right there,
1: all that, right? Man, freaking awesome. <laughs> You guys, you guys were awesome. Or actually, like maybe that's a comment that you're not supposed to listen to. I don't know, but I th- I think you're <laughs> pretty cool. Um, take <laughs> you take it, yeah. So um, Dean, any any parting shots before we uh, before we wrap it up here today?
0: Well, like you, I have a lot of
1: compliments, but I
0: don't want to ruin these guys' career. But I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just keep it. To myself. No, it's been awesome, guys. It's uh, always <laughs> good talking to you.
1: Well, and I, I think, you know, one of the, there's so many reasons I was excited to have you guys on the show, but I think one of them was this last topic that we talked about was remaining real and humble and maintaining perspective throughout the journey. I feel like you guys, if, if you hadn't maintained, if you hadn't been grounded like that in your faith and everything else, I think there was probably so many opportunities for this thing to go off the rails numerous times. But like not getting all high on yourself because of the success, and not getting all down on yourself when things weren't looking so good. Yeah, I think is is something that I've observed that's such such an important factor in what you've created. And I wanted I wanted to make sure that that message got heard. Um, and it's not just like oh, like we figured out this cool Facebook ad hack, or like this or that. Right? It's like there's some real life principles here that have been fundamental to what you guys have created. Anyway, thank you guys so much uh, for for being here with us today. You know, I I do have to apologize for Dean riding in on the horse, not saying a hell of a lot, you know, all of that. But he, trust me, you guys know him. He really is a good guy. He didn't mean to insult you by not asking that many questions, and uh, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, you had a good time. Anyway, hey, we just scratched the surface, man. Thanks for having us. On. <laughs> That's right. Well, thank you guys uh, for being here. Thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in to our first video show. We're going to be bringing these to you. Every single week. Uh, make sure you check out our past episodes at just dot com. And we will talk with you guys next time. Later, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit just com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit DeanHolland.com. And if you'd like to go from being a hustling entrepreneur to an effective CEO capable of running your company without being stuck in the day-to-day, visit me for free training and resources at jamespfreel.com. Our theme music is Happy, Happy Game Show by Kevin MacLeod. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License.